This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. Trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. Use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and even use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. Are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on artcloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Mark Rappelt, Editor-in-Chief of Art Review. It's an annual tradition for Art Review to release their Power 100, the year's most influential people in the contemporary art world. We also find the list really fascinating, and it gives us a nice pulse as to where things are in the contemporary art world and art market at the moment. Mark, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us about this year's list. Thanks for having me. Usually your list consists of really household names everyone in the art world is familiar with. But this year I think you've given your top three spots to individuals who everyone may not be as aware of uh, and familiar with their influence. So can you tell us briefly about these three top people on your list and why you've placed them so high on your list? Sure. I mean, I think one of the important things to maybe bear in mind is that um, this idea of household names is kind of a fallacy. So, for instance, someone who may be super important in New York could be totally unimportant in, say, Jakarta or Delhi or somewhere else. So I think partly the list tries to take that into account, that maybe we're in an age where there are no truly global kind of phenomena in art, um, but everything's kind of relative. Um, but then coming back to the list, I think um, it really reflects, we have like an artist at number one and number two, and then a philosopher and thinker at number three. And then I think that really reflects uh, the fact that art is trying to come to terms with uh, how it operates in the world and what is possible for it to do and how it engages with the world. So with Hito Stell, I think she's someone who's very conscious about um, handling the kind of economic side or take, tackling the economic side of the art world and the art world itself as a sort of structure and system as much and how that relation relates to capitalist structures in the world in general and um, the circulation of both money, goods and ideas. And I think with Pierre Huyghe, he's um, been very concerned about the relationship between people and ideas and the environment and the world around them. So it's a sort of similar type of thinking. Um, you know, Hita had a book that came out this year that was very influential as well as a number of artworks touring including Factory of the Sun, which went to a number of venues. And Pierre had a standout work at um, the uh, Munster Sculpture Project this year. And then Madonna Haraway, she's been, you know, in the end, a lot of these artists are dealing with ideas. And I think this year, the committee felt that the people who generate ideas should be more recognized on the list. And I think her idea the past sort of three decades or so about the relationship uh, of people with identity, artificial intelligence, um, the problems of the Anthropocene have been very influential on both artists and exhibitions. And she's been named in, as a source, you know, for a number of exhibitions from MoMA PS1 to Palais de Tokyo in Paris and the Contour Biennial in Belgium and various others besides. So she's been very influential in sort of setting an agenda for art. You also have a lot of get different galleries on your list uh, coming from around the world. I'm curious, what, 
what movement we saw on this year's list from those galleries and which ones are climbing higher in your ranking in terms of influence within the contemporary art world? Um, I think that, that someone like Gavin Brown has risen a lot, so he's in the top 10 now, and, and that's simply by virtue of um, his representing a lot of the artists, such as Joan Jonas, Rick Ritovanesia, um, who are on the list, uh, or coming onto the list, so Arthur Jaffer as well, he's new to the list this year. So I think in some cases it tends to be the kind of uh, artists they're introducing to the world, and others... I guess the financial kind of power of galleries is maybe less important on this year's list. So therefore, Larry Gagosin's number 15, well, he probably generates way more money than Gavin does without wanting to comment too much on Gavin's business plan. Um, so I think that's been one of the changes. Um, and I think galleries um, that operate in multiple venues are clearly, and multiple territories are clearly going to be uh, more attractive to the panelists because, you know, say some they have a branch in Hong Kong, then people in Asia have heard of them, have experience of them, and, and may well kind of vote for them on the committee. Um, so I think there's a sort of uh, greater recognition of kind of international galleries and galleries that are businesses are purely focused in one location. Although, of course, with Gavin Brown, that would be an exception to the rule. I mean, he's in uh, Rome and New York, so he has maybe less of an international spread, but represents a lot of significant artists who he's helped to bring to public attention. And is there a museum or two um, that you identified wherever it's located in the world that's really taken a step up in terms of influence within the global art world this year? Um, I think in general terms, not, but certainly I think the Studio Museum in Harlem is getting a lot of recognition, I think, for the kind of, not necessarily just for what happened this year there, um, but also for the work they've done, I guess, over decades in terms of um, bringing other discourses into the mainstream of art. And I think there's a recognition across the list of institutions that are able to do that, um, to take something that maybe wasn't talked about or was overlooked or neglected and place it back at the center of the discourse. We have many, of course, we have many different types of roles that make up the contemporary art world, museums, galleries, curators, artists, critics, etc. so many. Which group is, if you take a look at your list holistically, which group is making the most momentum in terms of influence in the contemporary art world and consequently are appearing higher in your rankings than in past years? I mean, I think if you look at the list as a whole, then certainly there are more artists and maybe a more diverse range of artists, but also a lot more kind of thinkers and philosophers. So I think this idea of trying to place that differently in the world, other than in terms of its economies and finances is something that I think this list uh, reflects quite clearly. I'm always interested when you release your list about the geography of individuals and where they're coming from and if there are any trends there that we're seeing this year compared to past in terms of where people are coming from, um, where maybe in past lists uh, we didn't see as much representation in those regions. Um, I think there's, there's not been a particularly radical change. There are definitely more Asian people than there were last year. Um, but I think it's not always the geographies that are so important. I mean, there'd certainly be a lot more American artists on the list than there were in previous years, um, and particularly sort of African-American artists. But the geographies themselves, I think, are, are not the kind of main factor this year, more than the kind of focus on thinkers and makers. One interesting aspect development, I should say, over the past few years 
uh, in the art market, the contemporary art world, is Instagram. It's had such an impact in many different ways in which art is exposed as well as uh, bought and sold. I'm curious if certain people or types of people on your list you feel are benefiting uh, or taking advantage of this new global platform and having more influence as a result. Um, I think there isn't there aren't that many people specifically on the list. I think some of the ideas treated by someone like Hito Stahl um very much are about that, the way that images and artwork circulate in the world and, and then the way that products and um politics also circulate. So I think circulation is probably a theme that you could pick up from her work to Adam Shimchik's documenta and various other people. But I think there's no one I would say who's specifically benefiting unless I mean I guess some of their galleries probably do. Um, but I don't think there's sort of anyone who's sort of exploiting it in a kind of major way. Well, Mark, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us about the Power 100. Listeners can check out the list in full online. Um, what's the best way for them to reach that? Um, if they go to artreview.com, they'll be able to find it there. And since we have you here, I'm curious, what are a couple of the major pieces you have in your next issue of Art Review? Um, so the next issue is you devoted to this ongoing Future Greats program, which is uh, well-known artists choosing less well-known artists who they think people should be interested in. So it's a kind of insider's perspective on the current trends and issues that are confronting art and a kind of slight prediction for about uh, what kind of artists may be shaping the scene in the future. Perfect. Look forward to, to reading it. Mark, thanks so much again. We always appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks to ArtCloud for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. Use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, Plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. Are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on ArtCloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. And request a demo today.